Welcome to the Six Figure Speaker Spotlight, the podcast where we uncover the secrets of CEOs, entrepreneurs, and visionaries who've used public speaking to skyrocket their businesses and their bottom line. Get ready for captivating stories, valuable insights, and practical wisdom from the trailblazers who've mastered the art of the stage. I'm your host, Kelly O'Hara, and I'm thrilled to bring their experiences and expertise directly to you. Let's get started. Welcome to the Six Figure Speaker Spotlight, where we unlock the secrets of the speaking world and explore how the power of public speaking can catapult you to new heights in your career and your business. I'm your host, Kelly O'Hara, and in each episode, we dive deep with guests who are at the pinnacle of their industries, learning how they leverage the art of communication to make real impact. Today, we have a truly enlightening episode that promises to not only inspire, but transform the way you view intimacy and connection in both your personal and your professional life. Today, I wanna welcome back two of my favorite guests who are changing the world in a very personal and significant way. And they will speak to anyone that values relationship. They are the epitome of a deeply connected and devoted couple who know all the deep intimate discovery and how to keep that going because they do it every day together. It's my absolute pleasure to once again introduce our guest today, Dr. Elsbeth Moit and Freddie Zental Weaver, the dynamic duo behind the uh, Tantra Nova Institute in Chicago. Hey, Kelly, good to see you. Thanks for having us on, Kelly. It's yeah. wonderful to see you. I mean, I'm going to tell you a little bit about this power couple. They have revolutionized the concept of intimacy and connection, guiding thousands in discovering deeper and more meaningful relationships. Dr. Moyt, with her groundbreaking book, The Social Sexual Power of Infinite Flow, and together with Freddie Zantel, the co-authors of the acclaimed Sexual Enlightenment, they have illuminated paths to deeper personal understanding and relationship enrichment. And their unique approach and methodologies have resonated with influencers, innovators, billionaires, and celebrity power couples who've taken their direction to improve not only their personal intimate relationships, but their business relationships as well. They have been global leaders. They've been featured on Showtime Sexual Healing and NBC's Starting Over, and they've shared their expertise on global stages. So I'm delighted to have them and their unique blend of insight and personal commitment as beloveds and partners and mentors makes them a captivating force in the world of personal development and relationship coaching. So today, I just want everybody to get ready for the second interview with a really fascinating couple and their journey journey into public speaking on what many would find very intimidating or maybe even a taboo subject it has open minds and doors of opportunity so let's dive into a conversation with them both and i'm excited dr e and freddie z welcome back to both of you yeah, it's great to be back. Wow, we did all that. I know it sounds like so much, and I'm thinking because mo- our life is like moment by moment, and I'm like, wow, we we've had a lot of moments. <laughs> you have done so much, especially in this field, and now everybody's been, you know, they're all paying attention, and you've reached the the heights of 
people who really get this, that it's not just about your intimate life, resolving those issues can really improve your business life and take it. Oh, yeah. lives. So tell me, when did you realize teaching about this was going to be ready for, um, it was really going to resonate on a larger scale? Hmm. Wow. It, uh, you know, I came to what I'm teaching now somehow I feel like life led me to it. Mm. Originally, it was because I was despaired in my intimate relationships because I uh, had this pattern of attracting unavailable men. And when I hit 50, you know, that was like I could see the writing on the wall if I was not going to change that trajectory. And um, that really brought me to looking at myself and I was was searching for uh, an approach, for a mentorship, for something that could assist me in lifting the veil that was in the way of bringing a beloved into my life. Mm. So that is how I entered the world of Tantra and really took it on as a discipline. And in the process, I discovered that I had held distrust towards men, which I had no clue about because... I was rather charming, you know, I reeled the guys in. So, but underneath, in the subconscious, there was some something lingering that I couldn't access from my conscious mind. Mm. So anyway, that got, got cleared, healed to an extent that six months beyond that uh, healing practice, that clearing, Freddie came into my life and he was available. Now, if I hadn't done that clearing work, I'm sure I would not have recognized him as a potential partner because availability and looking for unavailability just don't attract, you know. So I'm so glad that I cleared that and then could see him. And very shortly into the relationship, we decided to pull our resources and I left management consultant, Freddie uh, left uh, software sales uh, in corporate America and we came together and created Tantra Nova. I love that story. I honestly, and I and I want to hear you, Freddie. I, I know, I think that Elspeth is so right. You know, it's two people coming together at the right time. Um, mm. And with the, you know, if you're not in the right place, it, it doesn't happen. And you two clearly belong together. And once you found, and I know we talked last time about what a different upbringing you had Freddie, which is in our first episode, it's just amazing the difference how you both were raised. And then here you are today, and I can't imagine the two of you without each other. But then you turn it into a business. You now take this out into the world. And I think you had said it started with one on one coaching, and now you do retreats and workshops and programs. Tell us yeah, about that. We've been doing this, Kelly, for 22 years now all over the world with couples and and individuals and you know all over different you know ethnicities and racial makeups and economic and educational backgrounds and you know as elder was saying you know the stuff that eludes us you know the thing we most deeply desire coming you know with usually the bad stuff we don't know how it happened the good stuff i did the school i did the money i did the da, 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 da. but the bad stuff we don't we don't, i had nothing to do with but you know in the background running we're creating our life so how do we get to that subconscious part of ourself that is doing what we don't want to do to get what we're getting? So 
teaching the practices that we're teaching, which is working consciously with sexual energy and the altered state of what happens in the sexual, shifts everything in your life. It's more than just bedroom. It's not bedroom tricks. Uh, you know, and we can get into that as we go. So we're excited to do this work. We've been doing it and we've seen results with people. Um, you know, it's just anybody in a body who's willing can get it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So what we want to talk about with you all today is how you can learn to access your creative life force energy so you can fuel your dreams, your wishes, your intentions, what you want to bring into the world. And given, you know, we can make new life with that energy. What about to harness that energy and channel it into our intentions? So I believe strongly that out of my clearing and setting my creative life was energy free, as I shared a little earlier, that then went hand in hand with actually truly finding my calling. Before, as a management consultant, I was good, but I was not fully in my groove. You know, that thing that goes clunk. And so we want to support you in your further evolution and guide you to a place that lives already within you and how to access that so you can channel that energy and imbue your speaking, your leading, your managing, your creating. It's like we all have this individual diamond that we are. And lucky are the few that are able to create from that place that authentic contribution. We all serve. We're here to serve. And then it's not work. It's just what you do. Uh, and that was what it was for me in finding Elspeth and creating this work. As uh, we mentioned earlier, I was introduced, maybe we didn't, maybe in the other interview, but I was introduced to this work when I was 13 years old. And um, just you mean as to a, your sexual energy? To, no, to the practice of sexual meditation. Oh. Oh. And then, you know, uh, yeah, I didn't think I'd ever teach this. I went to college on athletic scholarship, which the practices assist, assisted me in creating the belief getting out of my own disbelief that I could do that, which is what now we see with people. They come in with a disbelief about their relationships or whatever it might be in their life. And now they're able to shift that belief to then move with grace, ease and flow towards that thing that they most deeply desire. And that's like the quantum of what's possible in terms of our lives and how all of it connects with the universe and what you know seems to be existential or unrelated to us. It's all one thing. It's all one thing. I mean, biologically, I'm you, you're me, you know, chemically, we're the earth, atomically, we're the universe, it's all connected. That's science. You know, so we're just uncovering really what this sexual energy in the in the activation of it, the altered state, the intimate altered state of what happens in this energy. I mean, you know, it creates life, it's pleasurable when we're in it. And when we bring consciousness to it, creativity and pleasure, the kernel of that energy start to show up in areas of life that seem completely unrelated to sex in the simple process of living. So if I go, well, you know, I've been doing this work and I do, I say, well, you know, I hate my job, 30 more years of retirement. What happens in terms of the cascading effect of the energetic thought of that doesn't serve me. So I wouldn't say it, <laughs> you know, so we shift our language, we shift how we're listening, we shift the subtle listening to the subtle energy of, of how things affect us and affect what we're saying or doing. And then when we're aligned with what we want to create, that's what we start bringing in. It's all connected. It, it, you know, it sounds, it might say, oh, well, that sounds a little woo-woo, you know, I, you know. But you know what's really woo-woo? Single-celled amoebas and multi-celled organisms and a universe that goes on forever. 
And that's our lineage. We're just beginning to uncover what we're a part of. Boy, you're so part of this incredible zeitgeist that's going on. <laughs> it, and it, you know, again, it's, you know, timing and presentation and yours is phenomenally well-timed and beautifully presented. I, I want to hear about your workshops. So during your workshops and your programs, you're really linking this together then, that not only um, is it about intimate, intimacy and communication in relationships, but that this ties into your whole life and to your business, it can create incredible impact. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. So, you know, what comes first is the relationship with self. Even here, my relationship with Freddie or with friends, or it always emanates from who I am, how aware I am, what I'm connected with or disconnected from. All of that then plays out in my relationship with him or in the business. So this is where it really starts, because often people think when they come to us, they have to be a couple. Because they think, oh, it's about intimacy. And yeah, this is what it is about. And it is about really connecting with oneself in a much deeper level that allows us <clears throat> to become more conscious, more aware. And <clears throat> I cannot become more conscious in my relationship if I am not becoming more conscious within. So there are workshops that are specifically designed for men, others specifically designed for women. Then we have co-ed workshops where men and women, couples and singles attend. And no matter if I, like me, you know, come solo to a workshop, that is how I started out. Or if someone comes in couplehood, they always get to work on themselves mm -hmm. because our energy, no matter how it shows up, be it life force energy that is sexual in nature. And I'm not talking to have to be aroused. Like right now, that life force sexual energy runs through me, through Freddie, through you, Kelly, through everyone who is listening. Otherwise, we wouldn't be alive. Another dimension how energy shows up in us is our emotional self. Emotions are pure energy and thought energy. So we want to become more integrated between our physical, sexual, emotional, love self, and our mental and spiritual or consciousness self. Instead of having them be compartmentalized, we are lopsided. And when we are lopsided, something is off. Often we don't even know we are lopsided, but something is not working in our life or the success is not coming along or the way how I show up on stage, or the struggle I have to even come up with a meaningful presentation, whatever it may be, or in your relationship, personal relationship, it has something to do that there is stuckness, constriction in that flow. And I'm not saying that once I have connected and I'm flowing, that will be always so. It's just like, you know, once I go to the gym, one time, now I did it, it's enough. No, it's being in the practice so that I can open and keep that channel open. Moment by moment. So that my creative energy connect 
with my heart energy and with my focused mental energy and with my consciousness and the other way around, my consciousness can inform my sexual life force energy because that life force energy keeps me alive. So how would it be to learn to embellish, to move, to be able to guide that energy so that it can serve you more fully? Mm. Wow. So you can see how the impact of this is so not just transformative, but necessary. So mm. as, as this is happening to you, how are you, you know, as your, your audience is growing with this, you're, you're having success with workshops and retreats and programs. Now people are catching wind of you. And now you're, the growth of this is now beyond just coaching and programs. It's, it, it seems like it's becoming almost a movement. Yeah, I think the, you know, the psyche, the, the consciousness is getting to the place where they're more open to hear about sexual meditation. You know, sex is on everybody's uh, video, TV, phone now. It's not something hidden in the background or on in magazines that you keep under the bed or, you know, it's everywhere. So the thing about it is, so it's kind of like we're gorging ourselves with this pornography right now. I'm not making it good, bad, or right or wrong. I'm saying we're getting now ready to, like after eating all of the sweets and all of the junk, we go, what else, what other kind of food is there? I'm sick of this now. Oh, oh, you mean there can eat, we can eat vegetables? Things that really nourish our body. So forever we've been procreating with this energy, creating life. That's just what it does. The last hundred or so years, recreating with the development of contraceptives. And now we're getting ready. And what we've been teaching for the last 22 years, and it's been around, uh, is how to co-create with this life force intelligence. How do we become the energy that we become when we're in that altered state? And it's always available. So how can we tap into that listening, that sense of seeing ourselves in each other, that sense of creativity, that sense of uh, pleasure in just a smile, you know, in just eating a meal? in watching a baby walk for the first time, in how we're talking, in a listening vibrationally and frequency-wise. And that's what starts to open up. It's like, you know, oh, well, peace never happened. You know, peace is just a thought away. So I used to say when we started this work to Elspeth, I said, you know, this is really doing like peace work. You know, and Elspeth got it, but she said, don't tell the people that because people are coming like, peace on earth. I want to have a better orgasm, you know, because <laughs> some, some guys particularly come to this work and they think that this is some kind of new trick that they can learn, some better sex. And yes, this stuff will inform your lovemaking. Yet when you get into it, particularly when people come to our work, they have an intention, like what makes it worth their while to spend three days and 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 money. And so that's really important to them. And so once they get to see, oh, wow, I'm the only one in my own way of belief about what's possible in my life, because it's like sexual meditation. So meditation itself in the process of becoming the witness or the observer of, of our thoughts and finding stillness from all the busy monkey, uh, you know, cha-cha mind that we are, that's great. And that, that can really lead us to a lot of peace in our life. Now, when you add the sexual piece to it, that altered state, you know, some people add altered states with plant medicine 
or nature walks or meditation retreats. But the sexual is really like a s'mores, you know, because whether you're doing consciousness work or not, it's great anyway, right? For most folks, you know, and then you add meditation to it. It's like, oh, wow. You know, now we're really getting deeply connected to that subconscious and subconscious aspect of our being is like 95% of things, you know, most of it's in the background. So, you know, when we look at what, you know, everything that we're doing that we create in our life is like coming, we look into the world from this clay that we are, that has been formed from all the experiences that we've had. And we get to a point in our life where we go, oh, well, you know, I want this thing that we've never had or created before in our life. And that's our connection to this elegant design of the universe, this creative process, you know, to really have our creativity, our imagination, and so how do we work with this clay and that imagination? And these are the practices to work with the physical somatic self to move into this other aspect of our consciousness that we are. Jeez, Freddie, and as you're talking <laughs> about that, you know what it made me think of, um, you know, on, on, on the surface, uh, if you were just to look at this beautiful couple and they're talking about communication and intimacy and you think that, well, I know what that'll be about, right? They, they'll figure but really, you're talking about such um, depth and substance for something that's truly missing for so many people. As you were speaking and talking about people, I was thinking, I wanted to ask you this. You're approaching people with what you do, or they're coming to you for what you do. These days, you have more access to more people in the world at any one moment and what tripped that off for me is you were talking about, you know, sexual, you know, porn, etc. And people are more alone than ever and want communion and connection and maybe have forgotten how to do it or don't know how to make that connection. And you are bringing a whole new world of connection to them, it sounds like. Yeah. And, you know, Kelly, how is that then related to speaking? The connection with self and the connection with another, you know, there's, as I said earlier, there is that connection with a beloved. You may not have a beloved in your life. You may have friends, you may have colleagues, you know, you may have children. It is all about connection. You know how, because when we are on stage, when we are speaking, my my biggest question, how can I reach you who is listening and reach you in a way that you may be touched? And that cannot just come from the mind because the mind itself doesn't touch another. Where we are touched is through the heart. Mm -hmm. And I may not even speak about the heart, but the way how I am in my heart connected in my life force energy, how that is the foundation for me to speak to you hmm. and then share my thoughts and ideas and experience becomes alive then because it's supported by that connective clue. Hmm. You know, that is where human beings feel glued together, not like attached. I don't mean it like that. Mm. This, oh, I want to give you an example because so that it's not just for us that way, you know, mm. that has us supported over the years in becoming more effective in our talks. 
Um, we had a, a client who worked with us for a couple of years and really got involved in the work. He's a dentist. And um, the further he developed, he then took all of that into his speaking. He's an internationally known uh, dentist, uh, known for a, a particular cosmetic procedure he has developed speaks all over the world, all across the United States. And he shared with us that now when he goes on stage right before, he focuses himself, he connects with his pelvic floor, brings the energy up. This is not about a sexual like arousal practice. This is uh, about focalizing his energy that comes from the base of the spine. The awareness then breathes it up into his heart and into his focus. And then he goes on stage. And he uh, also shared that he is more in demand. And enjoys it more. Yes. And, you know, reaches the audience uh more effectively mm. so it's it's mm. not just for us like that it's whoever goes through the yeah, it's like it, wants to apply it yeah the relevance so you can apply what, it across the board then to anything including that's right. anything that's right in our book we mentioned um napoleon hill who wrote a book called think and grow rich back in the 40s i think it was and he, in his book mentions lucky is the person who's able to use their sexual energy to create wealth and his thing was about creating wealth. He didn't tell you how. We do. I, I create whatever else you want to do. But he's been around a long time, the knowledge of using and transmuting this energy to create. Because energy is one. Science will tell you. It's just one. Before it, it's used to light a car or drive a car or light a light bulb or uh, power a computer, it's just one. And so our energy is one. We call it kundalini. Before it manifested sexual energy or angry energy or sad or whatever. The manifestation of sexual energy is unique in that it creates life and it's pleasurable when we're in that energy. So consciously manifesting that energy can create more of that in your life. Mm -hmm. And it's it's really it's really um, it's time for it to be rediscovered, if you will. Yeah, I, I want to also introduce a distinction here, which may be further helpful, mm. which is um, sexual energy isn't sex. Because when we hear the word sexual, we immediately go to, you know, something like that. Um, and yes, it plays out in sex, but sexual energy itself is much bigger. And as we already unfolded here, it can be, you know, channeled and used in many different ways that may not have anything to do with the actual bedroom. You know, it's a subtle distinction, but it's really invaluable in terms of how we grow into listening and this energy creating its its experience in a positive way in other areas of our lives outside of the bedroom when we yeah. might get into so, sexual meditation. So let me build a little bit further on this. Uh, so the sexual life force, so sexual energy and life force energy is the same in the way how we use it. And. So most of the time we live in subtle energy, like right now, you know, you are listening, Kelly, Freddie's listening, I'm speaking, and everyone who is listening, I assume you are in a subtle state of energy right now. I, I assume that nobody's aroused right now. <laughs> so, 
Speak well, it depends on the subject, but I don't know that I'd say I'm sexually aroused, but go ahead. <laughs> anyway, so, so there's the subtle state. Then when in the summer, when I walk out at Lake Michigan and the breeze touches my skin, I'm not highly aroused, but the energy has risen a little bit. It's very pleasant, you know, and then all the way up, to a higher high arousal, right to the climax or the ejaculation, it's the same energy. Mm. So we can learn to play that sexual life force energy, that you know, moving up or down, like we learn how to play a flute. Mm. So we can linger on a certain pitch, and then move it up again and breathe and move it. Now, it only works when we have learned how to use the breath consciously because breath and energy go hand in hand. Without the breath, we die. You know, it's rather obvious. So in the tantric practice, in the practice we are teaching here, you learn how to not generate because the energy, life force energy is given to us at the moment of conception and it leaves us at the moment when we leave the planet. At least it leaves this physical body. I'm not saying that it may be still in the ether, some of our frequency. <clears throat> so while we don't generate that life force energy, we can learn how to affect the flow of that energy. And we can do this, we learn this through using the breath in a certain way so I can move up a very pleasant or highly aroused feeling, an orgasmic sense, or Freddie calls it orgasmic nectar, breathing it up from my sexual center into my heart, into my focused third eye. And then, of course, I breathe down again so that I don't get overamped there. I want to stay in the flow of the circulation. And that inspires what I want to share with the world, what I want to give, or how I want to connect with my beloved. It's the same energy, different expressions. Elsbeth, we need this class. <laughs> We need this workshop. He's doing it right now. She's giving the class right now. This is so a, good. Yes. Well, Kelly, you know, you actually can almost have an orgasm from just breathing. When you tune into just breathing really slow and you put your attention on the breath coming into your nose and your intention to follow it, moving it down, filling your lungs and your lower lungs and your abdomen and your diaphragm. And you let your mind go. Like when stories come in, you just let it go and just focus on the breath. That can become very pleasurable. And it's that kind of tapping in that allows us to moment by moment shift the story making that we do. Oh, that person, can you believe our old things that happened or the traffic or the whatever we do to kind of just the mind kind of to justify its existence and goes into the ego and feel we feel subjected to our life, you know. And so to shift that, have a fuller life, be more actualized in your authentic, you know, uh, self, because we've all, as I said earlier, we're this diamond and we all are unique and the world will never be the same when we're gone. It's the time for us to dance. I don't know what's before or after, but I don't, I don't think it's this, this kind of consciousness, being able to feel and eat and touch and, you know, be so uh, autonomous, so uh, connected and so alive. I, I think it's, uh, this is unique. I think this is a unique ex experience. Yeah. 
And that is this word, alive. It's all about aliveness. You know, mm. when I'm, I may, may be alive, but not alive, you know. So, and the older we grow, you know, the body may change and shift. How can we keep enlivening our physical self, our you know, emotional way of being, of being inspired and looking forward, seeing possibility. And that is what makes life worth living, both for oneself, being with a partner, or running a team at your business, or being in front of a audience. group of an audience, you know. Mm. So how, and it all emanates from here. So this is what this work is about to you know be happier and more alive and dance yeah dance, life is like song. an ongoing practice yeah. and mm. anyway mm -hmm. you can tell we are very excited about it we love it because we see people again all they're not necessarily big meditators and they come and they get what they what they came for this is so exciting and i've been meditating for a long time but mm -hmm. i'll tell you what i think it could be improved i'm very yeah, excited about it, the level of meditation yeah, well, let's yeah. call it expanded. Yeah, expanded. Because improving always has a connotation of like there's something not okay yet. Mm. I need improvement. No, expansion, opening up new vistas. So thank you for your curiosity, Kelly. How does that sound? It's an expansion for you. It really is. So, <laughs> so now when you talk about this, people have to be fascinated. They have to be interested but now your reach is global. You're out there talking to, you know, thousands of people um, and a lot of individuals um, that are in really rarefied air. You have a lot of people who are innovators, billionaires, you, you know, you really travel in this elite circle as well as speaking to people is all really in the end though is the same It's connection, it's intimacy. It applies to everybody, it's very universal. Have you, you know, as a speaker, I have to ask you, have you ever not been well received or um, was it ever made difficult for you to share this knowledge? Because it really is about expansion and not everybody's in that space. What's that been? Has, has there ever been that experience, especially for those people that are listening who are part of wanting to create change. What has that been for you since you are in such an interesting space that could be? Yeah, well, you know, there is a, a certain, you know, as you know, a certain set sort of belief about sex. Either it's good or it's bad or it's pornographic or it's hidden or we've been shamed or we've been abused. There's some story. It's loaded. So when we talk about sexual meditation, just the word it's a, itself it can be triggering. Yeah. So sharing what we want to share about it. Yeah, there's good, there's resistance. There's like, oh, yeah, that again. Oh, yeah, we know all about that. We don't tricks uh, another pornographic, uh, you know, psychic trick, you know. And so, you know, slowly, moment by moment, inch by inch, step by step, we're continuing over the 22 years to do this. And now the Internet and, it's, you know, people just come to us. Uh, we do keep working at it, but it's like effort, not effortless. It's not as efforting as it was, perhaps. And I feel that it's continuing to expand and grow. And as I was saying earlier, I think that 
maybe not with you, but somewhere on another show, I think earlier, that the 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 information dissemination highway and the pr prolific uh, availability of pornography is beginning to get people's palate ready for something different in this very human mm -hmm. part of our being. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think you mentioned it. I, okay. I did. Okay. <laughs> I can't well, say it's it. It's good to hear it again. It's good to hear it again. It just <laughs> locks it in. And yeah. I think so, it's a perfect message. So the... Uh, and with respect to your question, that, you know, like anything else, we grow with what we are becoming. Hmm. And in the beginning, when we started out in Trinova, even to find our unique formulation of what we do and what we don't do, you know, what we don't offer, was the process, yeah. you know, in articulating this and not only articulating, but then also that it is one with self and one with us, you know, because in our business, it's not just one or the other who is, you know, out there representing Tantra Nova. It's always, even if I'm not with Freddie, but the couplehood is a big part, you know, of our brand. So, um, to really how I see it, that the more I have grown into what the relevance of the work is, always needs to be first experienced here, no matter what I do. If I'm not living it, you know, if I'm a life coach, unless I have gone through the practice myself, go deep into whatever I was blind to so that I could free myself. Yeah. So that in my own evolution, the more I evolve, the clearer I can become. And then it just flows out, you know. And that is when I noticed what Freddie earlier called the effortlessness, like people coming to us. I don't have to work so hard on marketing anymore. It's not that I'm, you know, like working like this. No, I'm open because there is a flow. Again, back to that flow that has then become one with me, one with Freddie. And that is what we exude. So people, oh, I want more of this. Oh, that's curious. I never heard about that. Wow. If this could assist me in improving my speakership, or if it could open up more love connection with my husband, or if I could be more patient with my children, and yes. that help, you know, like then there is this curiosity, but it's not we don't indoctrinate people, we open something up. And then the curiosity arises and that has become easier and easier. And I believe it is my inner change, our evolution that actually then brings forth greater acceptance. You know, we talk about the same thing now as we talked about 20 years ago, but the way we bring it is more integrated, more holistic, more to the refined, refined to the point, And it's easy. Now we have spoken about it a million times. That helps too. That helps. You know? but, so I don't know if that answered your question. 
No, it's a great answer. Well, I should say, yes, it's a great answer. And the two of you are so good. I've gotten to speak to you individually and then have you together. And you really love working together, don't you? You like being on stage together. I know Freddie loves the stage. He comes alive. He just loves it. And you are so intimate. One of the things I love about you, Elspeth, there's just a magic intimacy between you and whoever you're speaking to as a one-on-one coaching. And then I look at Freddie and he is the man. Put him <laughs> on stage by himself and oh. you don't have to see the band behind him. He just oh. gathers you. But then the two of you are together and that's a whole different feel to you. Do you love working together on the stage? I think we were very lucky to find each other in the, you know, uh, in, the, in the busy of life that we somehow you know yeah me from germany he from the west coast of the united states he black i'm white he black is american i'm german there are so many differences yet the yin and yang came together beautiful and i came all the way from california to chicago had no idea single at the time and then elspeth's here and then we meet and almost six months to the day we what i call transcended the romantic drama and created this work and this is so fulfilled me us collectively and it's been our greatest contribution you know in service yeah and you know there is something else about presenting together which is to learn to let go of control. (laughs) Sorry, that made me laugh. Because in your last interview, in the last one we did together, Freddie said, "Uh uh-huh, she's got me by the leg. I have to... And I love that. That is just true intimacy. And but that's what I mean. We we are continue, we are doing the work. We are evolving ourselves all the time. We aren't like walking on water. This is moment. We might walk for a little while and then we sink in. You know, but it's moment by moment for us, for yeah. all of us. And but let's we're doing bring the work. that. That's so great that you brought that up. That presenting together because what we talked about earlier in the inner connection of the circuit, mm-hmm. then we bring to the circuit of the relationship. And this needs to be cultivated as much as this. And particularly, there is another human being with a different history, with a different mind, how Freddie's mind uh, work is very different than mine. And to play with the differences and the allowance of the other to bring whatever he brings, in my case, in his way, which may be, what, where is he going? You know, that is not where I wanted to go. That is what I mean by letting go. Now, this has been a huge lesson for me, not an easy lesson, mm-hmm. not at all. And I feel- Elspeth, you're German. Of course, it's not easy. <laughs> However, given that this talking about intentionality, like- we set this out as an intention, particularly over the last year, to further develop ourselves in terms how we dance together. It is not easy to have two leaders on stage. I don't know of any training program, transformational offerings, anywhere where there are two leaders that are equal. There's often one is more in the lead and the other follows, or so, you know, but here, it's really as is relationship. I think this is where we also struggle in relationship. 
how can we move and dance so that I feel heard, that I can speak up, and that I'm able to hear Freddie and be present in when he speaks speaks up and not say, okay, that's not true, or no, let's not go there, you know. No, what I really say, no, you are wrong. I'm not saying it, but in my behavior, and to flatten that, and the more we do it, actually, the more we have fun. Mm. Yeah, and that, so? yeah, and I think Elizabeth is explaining her process, and we all have some variation of this. I always say the opportunity in relationship is to see something about yourself that you otherwise wouldn't see. Because I'm fine in the forest by myself. <laughs> but it's when I'm with her or with someone that I'm close to, particularly Elizabeth, that I'm triggered deeply. You know, because, you know, and so the opportunity is for all of us to own our own upsets, our own triggers, because that's I got to own that. Now, it doesn't mean I don't have a request or something that I might want to ask. I can do it without the charge, though. You know, the charge I got to own. That's the work. Charge. That's the charge. So don't talk. Because then we give up our power because I'm upset because of the weather. Don't talk to someone when you have a charge. Breathe. Move your energy. Reflect. And let the child go. And, and then, then respond. the conversation. Respond if you want. Good advice. Such good advice. And it really, it really resonates. The idea of being on the stage together is a dance and that you're playing, that you two play so well together. You can feel it in just <laughs> watching the two of you. You oh. really play in this dance that you have. It's really exquisite. So for speakers who are, you know, out there presenting what thank they do, you. thank you. Yeah, acknowledging that. But for spe and for speakers who are out there doing what they do in front of people and like we're all the same stuff, and stuff comes up to regularly practice, you know, some sort of meditative uh, approach to being still and watching and being curious about ourselves, a curious witness of ourselves, because we are this clay and this stuff that we've appropriated from all the everything we've experienced in our lives. And yet there is a place to develop where we can just watch that to move in with Gracie's and flow towards this, whatever we're presenting and pass what, you know, we have to do that. We, you know, just got off a plane, you get there and it's a rush thing and it's not, the check's not there or something and you got to go on stage and you got to focus and be there for the, for the people to do what you do without all that other stuff. So being able to have that available and accessible requires regular practice of the witness. So sexual meditation is even more powerful than any other meditation you'll ever do. So learn it. I need me some sexual meditation. That oh, is clear yeah. to me. This sounds yeah. so much more than the traditional practice. As far you're coming as to the woman's workshop. You can do it online. I think I have to do it. I think you're yeah. absolutely right. Yeah. I'm so excited. So uh, let me jump to something that I wanted to ask you both about, both about because you're both authors and really successful authors. And I wanted to talk a little bit about both of your books. Can you mm. share with us what made you start that process and what was it like pulling that information together? You're, you did those books. I know, Elizabeth, you wrote one, Elizabeth, you wrote one, but the other one, uh, the two of you wrote together. Tell us a little bit about that. Mm. Well, when we first started, we found our writing to be very academic. So we worked with a ghostwriter who took what we wrote academically and then put it into more of a, you know, interesting story. Uh, but the stories are ours. And so 
you know, the thing of it is, people don't think you have anything to say until you write a book. <laughs> and then you've been, but you've been saying it all along, but now it's in writing. Oh, they got something to say. But we really, we really, <laughs> we needed the book to kind of continue to expand what we've been doing in the world. I mean, we started with videos. We did videos to kind of share uh, some of the practices and who we were. And, you know, and so this was just a, a natural extension of growing, you know, again, sharing the work, putting mm -hmm. it out there. Yes, yeah, so our book, Sexual Enlightenment, How to Create Lasting Fulfillment in Life, Love and Intimacy, really was a wonderful way for us to bring our whole system, our thinking, our practice, uh, our teaching into this one place. And by the way, talking about sexual med meditation and using my creative energy in writing the book... So there were moments, Kelly, when I got really stuck, like that feeling, I have nothing to say. Who wants to read it anyway, what I have to say? Mm -hmm. You know, this diminishing way of being with oneself. And I was really stuck. I, I couldn't produce. I couldn't. Yeah. And then I thought, but Elspeth, you know how you can actually shift your energy. So I did a sexual meditation practice shifted my energy, used that wonderful, creative, pleasurable energy to imbue my heart and most importantly, my brain, my mind. And then coming out of that, usually I had a conversation with Freddie and Freddie has all kinds of ideas all the time. You know, so it's like, oh, what about if we go back to this or what about if... Did it, you know, how, how come I didn't think about this myself? But that is the thing then, that once I open up and am open to converse with another instead of figuring it out all by myself, and then, you know... So that was a practice together. Yeah, so that was a very practical example of, of how I've been using it. I mean, in many other ways, but that is one example. And so that sexual enlightenment book really is a compilation of our work and really great as an introduction uh, for people, even before doing the work. For many people who have done the work, they go back to the book and see, oh, when they read the book, they get something more clearly what they had experienced in the workshop because they can understand it better then. And then the other book uh, that is very much about uh, looking at the models of relationship that is so essential to become aware of in relationship, in relationship with self, in relationship with the beloved, and in relationship with others. And there are two models. One model we are all familiar with. We didn't get made aware of it but it is pervasive everywhere. It's called the vertical model, and it shows up in matriarchy. If we had, uh, it shows up in patriarchy. If we had matriarchy, it would be the same. It's this model, and if you are not uh, seeing the video here, but on the audio podcast, I have one hand up and the other hand down in front of the camera. The upper hand, uh, signifies the one who is at the top and the other hand who is at the bottom. That's the vertical model. 
And in patriarchy or in other in any kind of vertical relationship, the one who is at the top doesn't need to listen to the body, uh, to the bottom people or persons, because that's not only just in personal relationships, it shows up in organizational relationships, in country relationships, because the one who is at the top considers that their worldview is the right worldview. There's no need to listen. You know, if you're a woman, you know particularly what I'm talking about. Or if you're part of a minority group, you know what I'm talking about. So this is not a model that is conducive to partnership. It's not a partnership model. So what we are proposing is a horizontal model where my right hand is on one side, my left hand is on the other side, they are horizontal, equal, yet different. So this is where we learn to use our differences to embellish this partnership. So at one moment, one is leading, the other one is following. And then the next moment, the second one is leading and the first one is following. And you can see how that moves in this infinity loop. And it switches leadership and followership. We could also, there are other verbs that we want to actually practice to be and to become, which is receiving and giving, you know, uh, following and leading, or listening and speaking. These ways of behaving and being need to be practiced because if practice, because if I live in you know, the one who always leads, I don't have a true capacity to listen. Mm. And that is just, an again, lopsided. So we bring this into our relational work where then people can really apply this to their intimate relationship or to their relationship with their child. You know, when do we ask a child instead of saying, okay, we are going out now, coming to the child and say, okay, you know, I want to go out now. Do you want to come with me? Mm -hmm. Choice. We, exactly. And then you're raising really adult, grounded, secure, confident people. But we get it beat out of us early, which is why many don't ever get to that that golden nugget, that 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 diamond in the rough we were mentioning earlier. Yeah, and someone may say, okay, yeah, but there's nobody home. I cannot leave the kid home by him or herself. Then we could negotiate with the child. Or if there's a village, then you have people who can come in for a few hours. Yeah, but let's say there is no village, just to drive this example home, is that then I can, oh, you don't, when the child said, no, I want to keep playing. Say, oh, okay, I understand. Negotiation. What about if I play with you when we come back? Or we do your favorite, whatever that may be. But that that there is a flow again, like in the infinity loop, instead of saying, okay, this is what we are going to do now. No wonder that we build so much resistance to authority. Yeah. I mean, the first the <laughs> Wait, let's body, body training is always a, you know, that's like a mental... <laughs> 
Oh my God, I was you abused know, in potty training. And then in, in relationship to really come to the other and say, darling, you know, would you like to take a walk with me? Mm. And then, hmm, you may say. Yes or no. or Yeah, I'm the mid in the middle of something. Then again, I can negotiate. And sometimes with an adult, I would say, oh, okay, that is not what you want to do right now. I'm going to go on my own. Again, letting it go. You know, so it's, anyway. You know, it's interesting because even if someone said, oh, I want to be more flexible with my beloved in our relationship and they come to do our work and they get, they you know, they learn all the distinctions and they're in the sexual meditation and they get in touch in wanting to be better with their beloved, they get in touch with their child and how they were not critically abused, but somehow oppressed in their own, felt oppressed in their own expression. And they cry about it. In this intimate vulnerability, they're able to get to that hidden in the background. It doesn't even look like it did when it started. And it shows up constantly because it's almost like the color of their eyes. It's where they look into the world from. So a a really foundational shift for people. And then suddenly they stop having a problem when when they start feeling the trigger that they might normally react to. They can reflect and have some distance from Total felt sense of that. And then they just, then eventually it's just a blip on the horizon. It doesn't even come up anymore. So that's how this sexual meditation, these practices that we've been doing for 22 years can affect people's lives. So powerful. Honestly, just, just having this conversation with you, I can't imagine it. It should be required for human beings to Mm -hmm. learn this because it will impact every area of their lives. I mean, I, I can't wait, frankly. It's going to be so much fun. It's going to be more and more common. It'll be more and more common, you know, training for people, just like. And the two of you together, you have some wonderful strategies and you have uh, a beautiful way of looking at it. Do mm. you ever hit the wall together? Do you, does it ever fall apart for you in, mm. uh, in, in a specific argument where the, you know, the methods are good, but are you the perfect couple then? Or do you ever hit the wall like the rest of us? I'd say per- perfection is in the perfecting, and it's moment by moment. Yeah, it's choice. You choose. You go, I choose to be in this relationship. I choose to look mm-hmm. at what, what I'm looking at now as something that confronts me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are all human, Yeah, no matter where we are in life. Yeah, And it's the humanity to, you know, face within oneself and the opportunity of whatever obstacles or perceived obstacles may arise in my life in our relationship or in the business you know I can either see it it's like there's something against me or I can look at it like, hmm, what's the opportunity here for me to be seen, to be learned, to be opened up? Now, sometimes that may be a process of just five minutes. In other areas in my life, it may take me several years, you know, where I stay with it and stay with it until a moment arises where clarity opens up. Sometimes I call it an epiphany, you know. So particularly in the realm of illusion, because where I'm delusional, 
I cannot see any other reality. And to wake up from an illusion is the most amazing moment. However, it may not happen overnight. <laughs> well, all good things seem to take their time, you know, whatever time is required. But uh, it seems like paying attention, um, being conscious is, is really a deep-seated message in all this, is that you have to be alive, you have to be awake and, and focused. And what interesting work to be part of, to be able to be part of your program and what interesting work you've chosen to bring to the world. I'm excited about that. So that leads me to one of my favorite questions that I love to ask, but I'm so glad I saved it to the second part of this interview. Tell me individually, what are you both most proud of in mm. what you've done in your life? Mm. Well, I've got to say this relationship and this work, I mean, I'm 67 years old and uh, before else, but I think the longest relationship I was in was for five years and I was in a lot of them for two years or so or more, probably seven or eight, maybe 12 relationships, quite a few. Um, and so that's one. And then the other is, uh, so the relationship and the work, those are the two biggest things, I think, and my relationship with my family. Um my health, my good health now. Uh, yeah, proud of those things. Proud of uh, the work we do in the world. So, Wow, he didn't leave you any room, Elspeth. <laughs> tell me what you're going to tell me. What are you most proud of in, yeah. the, in the work and the life that you've done? Uh, you know, what I'm proud about, where I really appreciate and acknowledge myself for, is that steadfastness of going my path. Mm. I didn't speak much about it from my heritage, but, you know, except that I grew up in Germany and I'm one of 10 children. I'm the only one who is in the United States. All of them are still living somewhere in Southern Germany. Mm. And I really went on my own path and carved out a way of living and learning and practicing and then, you know, becoming this teacher that I'm now, this mentor, this coach, uh, leader in some sense that has, you know, has developed over a long period of time and that I stayed with it, even when it looked like I was going just totally oblique, not knowing where I was going, you know, and then back around. Mm -hmm. Yet now I see the red thread throughout my life, always have been an educator, no matter if I worked with executives or with a couple that comes to us or as a music teacher with three-year-old old children. Mm -hmm always the educator supporting so that who I was working with can bring out their potential. And that is still my mission now. It has just a very particular appearance of how I bring it to the world now. And to be intentional and follow my path, even with a lot of adversity along the way. And here I am. Thrilled to be here with you and with my darling and with 
all of you who are listening. Love this interview. And I love you too, as a couple, I've been privileged to get to spend some time with you both. And every time you always walk away feeling um, more connected. I think that's a beautiful thing for that to be part of your legacy is that when you're around you, people feel more connected with mm -hmm. themselves and with you. And hopefully then that extends because I think that energy translates. So um, last question, I, I have two questions left for you. What is, tell me what's up next for you two. What are you most excited about? Oh, wow. Well, we have a workshop this weekend. I've got a client to see, to talk to tonight. We're doing some work I, with I some companies. The bigger picture. The bigger picture. We have a, a, book. The, my book. I'm working on a new book. Uh, and uh, again, the speaking tour. What's the new doing... book about? Okay. <laughs> out of the time, I'm curious. It's about my life and experiences and about becoming this work that I am and that I do. Uh, that uh, hopefully it inspires others to look at their unique path into whatever it is they feel and see that they've been doing their whole life that now all of a sudden, oh, wow, this can be what I do. You know, it doesn't have to be whatever else they're doing for a living. It becomes more uh, integrated life. So the book, uh, the speaking, uh, live speaking, uh, performing, uh, we've got a big workshop or uh, retreat. We're gonna. We were invited to to um, teach in um, Maldives. Maldives. Oh, that's, that's wonderful! Uh, and uh, we just came off of a little trip with the family for the holidays and the new year. And yeah, and being here with you right now. Life is good. It sounds like I, it's going yeah. very well, and it's all over your face. You can yeah. feel yeah. your happiness. You just exude that. Oh. I know. Uh, Elspeth, tell me, you, you want to tell me something? Special? I want to I add to what uh, Freddie said that, you know, for me now, at this time in my life, what's most important mm. is to make a difference in others' lives. Mm. Like, I had so much opportunity to learn, to study, to evolve, and I'm at a place in my life well, I want to share this. I, not that I haven't shared it before, but there is a level of, um, you know, uh, almost responsibility, not a burden, but like, like, what am I leaving here that makes a difference in another's life? And we unfolded it here. Our work can, you know, really go deep so people shift tremendously, feel transformed, have new ways of engaging with themselves and with each other in relationship, in their business, in their speakership, in whatever it is. And that is what I'm very much about that now and very serious about it, you know, serious, not in a heavy way, but in, you know, a mission. Don't waste time. Time is finite and use it to the fullest. You are clearly both givers and you can feel that from the two of you and your work is here to make a difference in so many different arenas. What you're doing, I love that. Now, Elspeth, you brought a gift for our viewers. I want That's you to share with them. I think they're going to be really excited about it. Yeah, so we thought out of this conversation to give you something that you actually can start learning some of the practices that lead you 
to sexual meditation. We mentioned the breath. We mentioned moving, you know, your energy. So our video class called Introduction to Sexual Meditation will actually give that to you. And as, as I understand, Kelly, it's going to be in the show notes, the link. So you can just uh, link up there and download that video and do the practices that we teach there. And then, of course, if you like to learn more about our programs, go to our website at tantranova.com, T-A-N-T-R-A-N-O-V-A.com. And if you wish to get a copy of our book, go to Amazon. It's available there in hard copy and audio format. So all our offerings today. That is beautiful. And you did that so well. <laughs> you shortened my you shortened my part of it. That's awesome. Because mm. I'm delighted for everybody to get to see how many different ways that they can reach out to you and find out more about the work that you've done. And really, Dr. E and Freddie Z, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the Six Figure Speaker Spotlight today. And really everything that you shared it's all been really thought-provoking and i suspect that we'll all be thinking about it long after it ends i know i will so i'm just so grateful to have had you both and imagine that many people will be visiting tantranova institute and tantranova.com no doubt in my mind thank you kelly for your platform and your curiosity yeah, thanks for having thank me. you thank you for your grace and guiding us mm -hmm. Well, I've loved it. And for those in our audience that are, you know, eager to learn more about Freddie and Elizabeth, don't forget they have these fantastic transformative workshops and programs. And I encourage you to visit their website at tantranova.com and to check out their books. Um, they are fascinating. You will, you will definitely, it's not a fast read. It's really a slow, delicious read, which I think is really important. And as we close this episode, I'd really like to say, let's reflect on the powerful themes that we talked about today. You know, the art of communication, it's not just a tool for success in business. It's the key to unlocking deeper connections and a more fulfilling personal life, which then leaks to everything else that you do. So this is powerful. And Freddie and Elspeth have shown us how integrating that dynamic power can lead to profound changes, both in your personal world and your intimate relationships. And while your work may be necessary, exciting, even fun, I just suspect that most people on their deathbed aren't saying, I wish I had just one more day to work. I suspect people wish they had one more day to love and be loved by somebody. And that's what I wish for all of you. So mm -hmm. if you found today's episode valuable, and I know that you did, I would be thrilled if you would leave us a like, maybe subscribe, maybe share this episode with someone, maybe someone single who's struggling or searching or a couple who's questioning who might benefit from this very timely information because it's really all about getting connected. So remember your voice and your message have the power to influence and shape lives. And with that said, I'm Kelly O'Hara. And once again, it's just been a joy to be your host today. Thank you for joining us on the Six Figure Speaker Spotlight. Stay open-minded and willing to be inspired. 
And we look forward to having you with us again. And I can't wait to see you again, Elspeth and Freddie. Mm -hmm. I want to thank you for joining us on this episode of the Six Figure Speaker Spotlight. We hope you enjoyed this deep dive once again into the remarkable stories and insights of our incredible guests. Their experiences and wisdom are not just meant to inspire you, but to provide you with actionable steps to take on your own path to success. Remember, you have a story to tell, and your voice has the power to transform your business and make lasting impact. If you found value in today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the Six Figure Speaker Spotlight wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an empowering conversation. We'd also appreciate it if you could leave us a review and share the show with your friends, colleagues, and your fellow visionaries. Until next time, keep speaking, keep growing, and keep reaching to make your difference. This is Kelly O'Hara signing off from the Six Figure Speaker Spotlight. Thank you.